standard issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here and welcome to this week's episode of The Sunday Chops. I am recording this on my mobile phone. Why am I telling you that? Well, because normally I record on my podcast kit, which involves me having a memory card. And the other day, when I was getting my memory card out of my laptop to put back in my podcast kit, it snapped in half. (gasps) Still, you might ask, why am I telling you this? Because you need to back your stuff up, people. Back it up. Because that was about the most stressful hour of my life. All those interviews trapped on there that I may never get back. I did get them back, but that's not the point. Back up your stuff. In fact, start backing up some stuff now, ready to settle down and listen to this. Back in the summer, Mick and I went to the pub in London with two excellent women, Lisa McKenzie and Kat Wilson. They are from something called the Vaginismus Network. What is that? I hear you ask. Well, I'm going to let them explain that to you because they do it in a very entertaining, very interesting way. And they talk about something that really doesn't get talked about enough. Until next week. Hi, we are in the Big Chill in King's Cross, which is why you can hear a bit of background music. It's not me singing, although I might join in at some point. It's ever so lovely and sunny out here. We are with Lisa McKenzie and Kat Wilson, who are from the Vaginismus Network. I said that right? Yes. You did, yes. Okay. I've been practising, and the way I've learned to say it is fast. <laughs> Vaginismus. 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 It sounds we like a dinosaur. It rhymes with Christmas, so remember that. And does it feel like Christmas <laughs> every day oh, for It is ladies? a special gift. It's, it's a special the gift. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> so that seems a good place to start. For anyone who may not be aware of what vaginismus is, could you give us a little... Vaginismus is essentially a psychosomatic, psychosexual condition whereby upon penetration, the vagina will involuntarily clamp up. So it could be you're trying to insert a penis, which seems the obvious choice, but it could also be... <laughs> <laughs> There's more to life than that, or a tampon, or your finger, anything. And it's not, I'm not talking when, you know, you're trying to stop a pee coming out and your pelvic floor muscles are tensed. I'm talking kind of full-blown, nothing's going in there. There's different, I'd say, varying degrees of it. So for some women, penetration is impossible. For some, it's extremely painful. For some, it's difficult. And it's something that Kat and I have had our entire adult lives, actually, and it's how we met. So I guess I've got vaginismus to thank for having you in my life. (laughs) Okay, well, that's one of my questions. How did you two meet? Because it seems to me this isn't a thing that people talk about very commonly. We know what it is because the writer Christine Robertson wrote a piece for us back when we were an online magazine. Mm -hmm. And apart from that, my only other encounter with it is it sometimes happens to Liz Lemon in 30 Rock. Does it? Yes, it does. I've never watched it. I well know. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, no, it's not something that people really like to talk about. Although that is getting better, I think. I think in general, people are talking a lot more about women's health and things that would maybe before people would have thought would be embarrassing people are now more open about it in 2015 I started seeing a new therapist I've seen a lot of therapists for vaginismus it's great but I started seeing a new one and it was <laughs> and it was feeling quite positive I felt like it was kind of going somewhere but all the time whenever I was going for sessions with her I just kept saying to her I just feel like it would be so much better if I could speak to someone else that had it 
because it's all great speaking to her about it. But obviously, you know, it's that thing of having someone who actually knows how you feel. I've kind of said to my therapist a few times, I just feel like if I was diagnosed with any other condition, there would be a support group or a leaflet or a website or something that I would be directed to that I could get some support or some kind of connection with someone else that has the same thing. But my therapist was basically like, well, there isn't, so go away. So I'd started blogging. I just set up a blog and started to write about my treatment and about how I felt about vaginismus. And at the end of every post, I just put an email address and just said, look, if anyone happens to be in Glasgow or in Scotland even, get in touch and let's go for coffee. And within just like a day of having that blog up, nobody from Scotland, but people from all over the world were getting in touch, just saying, I just feel exactly the same way as you. Like you're saying all these things that I'm thinking and exactly the same thing I don't know how to find someone else that has this condition so time went on I was still blogging and then eventually in 2016 I got an email from a lady called Lisa who lived in London and I was like this is not what I'm looking for right now I'm looking for (laughs) Scotland only we just started emailing and just really quickly we were like oh okay like we really clicked and had a lot in common and but also just both had really similar sort of feelings about how wrong it was that there was just this lack of connection for people and can I ask how common it is apparently it affects one in every 500 women but I believe it's much much higher than that because it's a condition that um, definitely makes you feel very ashamed isolated there's a lot of stigma surrounding it as well so women often bury their head in the sand don't want to deal with it or too kind of ashamed or embarrassed to seek treatment sometimes when they do they're misdiagnosed or we hear so many women say oh yeah I was just told to go and drink a glass of wine and chill out and just relax so that's the official statistic out there but I believe it must be much much higher than that. That's interesting because I think women are sold the lie from when we're girls as well that sometimes sex will be painful it's just a thing. Absolutely. And I think that that's another reason that, I mean, like some women, there's a, like Lisa was saying, there might be a clear trigger why someone has vaginismus. But for me, it was, I have absolutely no idea. And all I can kind of put it down to is just really crap sex education and a fear of pain. I went to a Catholic school, so my sex education was, do not do it. Yeah. You know, yes, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. pretty, you know, and I was quite a good girl and like didn't want to, you know, I didn't break those rules. And when all my friends started to kind of, get boyfriends and start to do things that were sexual you know I was like how can they do that that's terrible but also had I just had the total fear of pain and like my you know most of my sex education came from friends or shout magazine problem page you know and it was all about yeah it was great well it was great but also you know it it was all about you might bleed there might be pain like even with tampons like the first time I tried to use a tampon I remember reading a problem in Shout magazine which was about a girl that put a tampon in and then passed out because it was so painful and I just had a total fear I was like well that's definitely going to happen to me but it was just rubbish education around my own body and sex I think that then led to this kind of just fear of more needs to be done in the sex education space so we both feel very passionately about this I my sex education at school was so crap it was awful so I remember I was about 15 and the science teacher saying oh I forgot to show you this video in year seven so we're going to watch it today and it was so 
narrow and black and white. And I remember it specifically, it was a cartoon, and it said, and when the man and the woman love each other, they fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> that's how sex works. And oh, I think the boys as well might sick. have been... I know! <laughs> and I think when they talked about periods and, you know, women a bit more, I, I believe the boys were sent out of the room. And I know that this has happened for other women as well. Oh, yeah, we, we had, it's, like... Why? <laughs> Sex-specific sex education. It shouldn't yeah. be the way, though. It's crazy. Oh, no, well, and also there's very little known about or taught, sorry, there's very little taught about women's bodies. And in the textbooks for biology, women's bodies are just merely functional on a reproductive level. There's yeah. nothing about pleasure for women or anything. No, Sex no. is all about babies and male yeah. ejaculation. So, yeah. yeah, we just don't get to learn about our bodies, but it also means we're not encouraged to be curious about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's why with vaginismus a lot of and I definitely used to be one of these women that I just it was all about getting to the point that a penis was going in like you know sex was just it wasn't enjoyable it was sore and it was awkward and it was stressful and even I mean even when I was able to insert a penis you know you're meant to feel that that's like that's you you're done my therapist is like you don't have vaginismus anymore congratulations you know because you've got a dick in you can I just say you did make it sound very sex- sexy on yeah. two occasions <laughs> <laughs> insert a penis and you've got a dick in you yeah. that's, that's how I see it yeah I, I mean, love it when she says it. It's not even lunchtime. <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, and obviously, like, it is really important. It's a really great thing sometimes for some couples. I just had no idea that that, that, that wasn't the only way to have a sexual relationship as an adult. Yeah. All the things that me and my partner could do and did do. I was like, this is what teenagers do. And, and you know, we should be getting to the next stage now of... The baseball field. Yeah. yeah. Like sex sex is I... seen as the gold standard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, sorry, not sex. Penis and vagina sex. Yeah. And penis and vagina sex. when yeah. you have something like vaginismus, it's like, well, if you can't achieve that, then you feel broken or you feel like a failure. Yeah. I didn't feel like a proper adult for mm. years. I'm curious. So, obviously, you've said it's psychosexual, it's psychosomatic. So, could you just talk us through, like, literally what happens? What is the physical manifestation? I always think the best way to kind of explain it is, like, if I stuck my finger, or tried to stick my finger in your eye, you would your eye would close shut. Like, it's like a, your reflexes would protect you from the pain of me putting a finger in your eye. Correct. Put that finger away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm not going to do it, don't worry. For me, anyway, I'm like, that's kind of, I think... Yeah, a good it just way to feels describe like it. It just, it, a wall. Yeah, it's just like it's like there's nothing a there. Wall. Yeah. For a really long time, I genuinely used to think maybe I just don't have a vagina. Like maybe I just don't. You know, you, you read these stories about people that don't have them that are born without vaginas, and you know, I was like maybe that's me. And it was the only thing that made me go, oh no, that's ridiculous. Is because I have periods, and I was like, well, that's coming out somewhere. So yeah. there obviously is yeah. one in there somewhere. But that genuinely, it feels like there's. It just feels like there's no go. It's like a brick wall. So, obviously, lovely chat about penis, but there are other things you need to put inside your vagina. So, it's going to affect your sexual health in ways, I mean, a speculum, for example. Yeah. That's that's a big no, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something, yeah, I've never had a smear test. I haven't either, and it's, it's not something I'm proud of, but it's something, I guess because I didn't talk about my vaginismus for so many years, it was another means of burying my head in the sand. Yeah. And I remember I used to get so upset whenever I went to the doctors and the little notification would pop up about the smear test and I'd go through the same story over and over again. And I, I wouldn't tell them for, well, I didn't tell them for a long time that it was 
just because of vaginismus I used to lie or I just I dreaded those moments it was it felt very invasive and when you get the letters through as well mm. and I remember I didn't tell my mum about this for years and when I turned 25 and I was obviously um, allowed to get a smear test my mum was so concerned that I wasn't having one but because I couldn't vocalise what was going on and that I had vaginismus I just I used to have arguments with her and she was like but you're not respecting your body you need to know if something's wrong and it was horrible but I didn't yeah I didn't for years I mean I haven't yet it's my mission to do it this year yeah one of the problems I suppose is that health professionals some of them genuinely don't seem to know what vaginismus is like if you go to your GP and say I haven't had it because of vaginismus quite often they look quite blank and quite confused and oh yeah of course right and you can tell that they're like I don't really know what you're talking about so actually one of the things we've got on our website or the vaginismus network website is a guide to smear tests which is kind of for women going for smear tests it's about how to kind of you can relax and how to make the process a little bit easier but it is also for health professionals to be like these are all you know it's so it's not the same as someone who's a bit nervous about it it's so much worse than that it can be traumatic it can be impossible you know we have a guide now that people can read because yeah it's scary the lack of like knowledge and the medical profession actually I had a look on your website and I saw a blog piece that had been written by one of your Mm. members do you call them members yeah your network yep members about getting pregnant Mm. which also seems like that would be a tough call yeah Yeah, I think it's a fear that many women with vaginismus have. So there's a friend I've made who's in her early 20s, and I know for her it was a fear for a long time. But actually, there's an amazing lady called Karen Gurney. She's on Instagram as the sex doctor. We love her. And I'm going to share a post that she put up recently, and it's about getting pregnant with vaginismus, and actually that it is an option. And you can still, you know, it's artificial insemination. There's kits you can order on bloody Amazon you can do it yourself and you can do it at home whilst you're going through the treatment for vaginismus so it's not you know we've got to get through this because we need to get pregnant you can still have that and work on yourself as well so there's definitely options out and actually the post on our website um that lady that wrote that she she didn't even she had a splash pregnancy so her partner just basically ejaculated nearby um, and it, that put the fear of God it, me. It made, well right I didn't know oh honestly I mean not to belittle it because it's you know I, and I'm, I'm not trying to get pregnant but as soon as I was able to have penetrative sex I have never fully appreciated the contraceptive pill so much like I've been on it for years for period things but then all of a sudden I was like oh my I actually really need no I, like, I need to remember to take consideration this I felt though. like a, yeah. a teenager I was like oh this is what everyone went through when they first went on the pill suddenly I was like oh my god like haven't taken my pill it was great it's everywhere but I know <laughs> don't touch anything on the tube yeah. women you might get on the door <laughs> exactly you might get a splash yeah. so but not to not make a light of that at all actually because you know for a lot of women it is actually that's a, a yeah. massive upsetting thing in their life and that's where they, a lot of the fear of failure and things comes from is that side of it but yeah that lady that wrote that post she she didn't she's never had I don't think she's ever had penetrative sex and she's got two kids so it's definitely yeah. it is possible it's yeah yeah options, it is which it is, is really possible. empowering yeah Hello. I just noticed you going in your bag for something and could hear the jingle jangle of some change. Now then, if that change isn't being used for a cup of tea or coffee or to do a worthy cause, you could consider giving it to us. And you can do that by popping over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash standard issue. And any bunts you would like to throw our way, 
is very gratefully received and helps us keep making content that champions women. Thanks very much. You two strike me as people who deal with this by making light of it. Oh, when you all get together, is it very funny? Yeah. Yeah, well, when we get together or as a group. Uh, as the whole group. I mean, oh, I know, for um, example, you've got a meeting this evening. Tell us about that. Do you know what? It's We can laugh about things. We laugh at ourselves. But um, it is quite a serious event because for many of the women who come, it's the first time they've been in a room or knowingly been in a room with other women with vaginismus. And I remember at our first event, we did a Q&A afterwards and women in the audience started you know, opening up. And it was very, very emotional. And you could hear a pin drop. Yes, we laughed for ourselves but it's a it's a big deal and I think we have to remind ourselves that because we've come so far on our own journeys like I'm not in the grips of vaginismus anymore it doesn't define me it doesn't own me it's something I'm dealing with right I have to remember sometimes how shit I felt back then because when we meet these women many of them are in that place so you have to take it seriously yeah. and we absolutely do oh yeah I, yeah completely and I think it's just I mean it's like any situation it's judging who you're speaking to there's some yes. people who are similar to us and are, are up for laughing, laughing and joking and but yeah I mean there's other people like Lisa said that that's just not appropriate so it's just finding a it's finding a balance but I mean our kind of main goal is to not get everyone to a point of laughing about it but to get everyone to a point where it's not this big awful thing hanging oh, yeah. over their heads because it's you know it, it at the end of the day you're not, we're not dying but you know it's just it's just a condition I always think like there's so many worse things we could be diagnosed with than this you, you know, when you were talking about the lady who had the splashback pregnancies, you mentioned splashback. <laughs> I don't think What's that's a splashback. Splashbacks, the thing yeah. behind the sink. I'm imagining picturing a rebound. Yeah, rub yourself on that. Well, sorry, the splash pregnancy. Yeah, you mentioned that you can still be trying when you're undergoing treatment for mm. vaginismus. So, what is treatment for vaginismus? Oh, it's great. So. <laughs> So well, I, I, I detected sarcasm. Yeah. So well, there's. I mean, there's lots of like different things that people do. We always like we've both had psychosexual therapy, and that's kind of what we. We're not doctors, by the way. We're not experts in this at all. But that's what we kind of recommend to people because it's worked for us. But with psychosexual therapy, you're basically well, for mine anyway, it was talking in the room, talking through all the kind of emotional side of vaginismus but then being set kind of practical tasks to do at home so basically you're given vaginal dilators which are well the NHS ones are big white plastic phallic horrors really it's like a kind of willy on a stick and you just have to there's lots of different sizes and you just have to kind of work your way through inserting them so the first one is like about the size of a finger and I mean literally when I first started treatment at that was not I couldn't even get that in I really um, wish you could see Kat's hand movements throughout this. Yeah. Very, lots of explanations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, every woman with vaginismus, I think, has a, a similar, like, oh, with dilators, but they are very important. Yeah. But I yeah. wouldn't have used them had I not known about the ones that I do use. Mm. So they're actually from the sex shop that we're going to tonight, and they're pretty, which helps. So they're nice and purple, not, like, clinical and white. What am I doing with my hand now? No. <laughs> um, You're wanking off. Yeah. Yeah, well, when you, when you you hear about these dilators, you'll understand. <laughs> and yeah, I think had I not known about those or had my therapist not talked about those, I mm. probably wouldn't have started using They have a vibrator in it. They've Did got a vibrating yeah. bullet. Yeah. It's about pleasure as well as, you know, training your vagina yeah. to take something. Yeah. Um, so and making your vagina a vulva 
all of the beautiful cave of wonders that we have a sort of happy, more positive place yeah, than absolutely. it has been. Yeah, and a lot of it is about, like, actually with vaginas, because there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with your vagina, really. You know, it, 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 it's functional, it all works. It's just it's your brain that's telling you, not don't put that in there, that's going to be painful. So with dilators, it's you're sort of training your vagina in a way, but you're also training your brain and your mind. Stop gesturing. More hand movements. Um, you're also training like, your brain and your body to kind of work together and and trust yourself that you know you're not going to hurt yourself and that what you're doing is you know is okay and you're right it's so much about the mind as well because I remember when I started using my dilators and my mind was not in the right place and I saw it as oh woe me why have I got to do this when everyone else is out having normal and inverted commas sex and it was clinical to me it felt like homework and then when there was a switch for me and I started engaging and breathing and enjoying it and finding pleasure in it and that's when I suddenly made real progress with them it's mm. definitely a mind thing as well isn't it definitely yeah. so is there I mean I, I don't want to say the cure but there is light at the end of the tunnel for someone who's got that was a bad piece of <laughs> wow <laughs> for anyone listening to this <laughs> now yeah. out there. Uh, who is in this situation who feels it may be hopeless yeah. yes that, that's not the case definitely not and I think that what we've been really passionate about recently is trying to work out what it because a lot of the, the word that tends to get used is you've overcome it which means that you've had a dick in you but obviously for a lot of women that's not what they're looking for they don't want that or for like for me I'm, you know yes I can now have penetrative sex but I'm like it's not my favorite way to sex is it any woman's favorite way to sex I'm not sure you know so it's like it's that kind of thing of defining what overcoming it means and I think that yes absolutely the treatment you can get to the point that you can have a penis inside you which is what some women really really want to achieve and that's great but it's also about just your own mindset of just getting over being ashamed and embarrassed and frustrated and hating yourself for having it it's actually about just accepting it and not like learn like re-educating yourself about sex and all the things that you can do instead of going well they can't do that it's like well all these other things that you can do yeah, are, cured are is good. a different and, thing I mm. think for every woman and we yeah. get women at the event or emailing us saying you know how will I know when I'm cured or how long will it take me to be cured and I said what does cured mean to you because for me I I think vaginismus will be something that will always be there and I think you know if I'm with a partner in the future and we attempt penetrative sex I can't say that word without stumbling because you've got vaginismus can't say it can't take it (laughs) you know I think there'll always be that thought oh is this gonna hurt is this gonna be okay but for me cured is actually I'm fine with it it's not defining me anymore it doesn't have this horrible grip or shadow over my life like, yeah. I'm owning it now you've got it rather than it's got you absolutely totally. oh I like that tagline yeah. you're welcome so how do people get in touch with you well we have a website so it's uh, thevaginismusnetwork.com we're on twitter and instagram at the vag network all the contact details are on our website and yeah we just like encourage people if they want to talk to us or ask anything I mean this is the thing we're not experts you know we're just and we have to say that all yeah the time. we're like, not we're doctors just two women we're not therapists it. but we have a lot of experience of living with it and a lot of you know we've both changed so much like since well yeah. since we met really oh my god yeah absolutely. like just because of having the connection with each other and now with all these other people we really encourage people to get in touch even if it's just a little email to say hello or a little tweet or whatever it's just, just good so they're not on their own yeah just because like it's so cool when you like the first time I don't think we ever finished the story of how we met but the first time oh, we, yeah. the first time we <laughs> met hours later yeah it's not that interesting but the first time we met 
in like a skeezy hotel in Birmingham. We thought that we'd meet halfway, and then I was like on the train for like six hours and was like, "This is not halfway." No, I was like, no. She really had to. Yeah. She got me. I was, I was like naive Scottish person looking at a map, going, "Yeah, that looks about right." No, but that night, you know, was so amazing because we were just sitting in, in a pub talking about it, and we weren't. I think it was the first time ever we weren't being quiet. We weren't sort Do of you trying remember to that keep. Man? Yeah, he would could hear he us. Loving it. We were he was talking very about curious. like lubricants and dilators and fannies and it was great but it was just that amazing thing wasn't it of just I would say something that to anyone else they'd be like that's quite a weird thing to feel or think and you were like yeah I know what you mean someone who just gets it yes it was life-changing for me yeah yeah super important so please yeah if anyone who's listening has vaginismus or thinks they have it just get in touch and talk to us about it and hopefully you'll get that same thing that we got of just someone understanding you it's really cool <laughs> thank you so much it's been really interesting and you've talked about it in a way that as someone who totally do conversations about sex Mickey's doing that face I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> until I can see yesterday so and you've done very well I have yeah Aww, Aww, I'm, I'm proud, proud. Yeah, we all congratulate <laughs> Hannah yeah well done <laughs> Standard issue for all women.